0: Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of our body here at Desert Springs. My name is Chase Jacobs. I'm the minister of theological training and with me as always is- Drew. Drew, we've got a really interesting topic today. I'm gonna start off with an opening question. Is the government covering up the existence of aliens?
1: Oh man, part of me kind of hopes so. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) If If we asked our brother Ian, he would have he would have more to say about that. Yeah, he's got. He, he's he's thought more deeply. He, he's thought and studied. Yeah, researched. Right. He'd, so he'd I wouldn't consider myself ask. an expert on that. So I wouldn't wanna wouldn't wanna speak to it. Well, you know,
0: there's there's lots of things that we're not experts on, and and today might be one of those topics where that's a, a big qualifier to this conversation. But um, but we thought, as we've kind of interacted with people over the last year or more, uh, and then just observed our culture that. This this topic that we're going to discuss today would be timely and helpful, Um, and that's the the topic of conspiracy theories. So uh, there has been in the news and and in your news feed all kinds of different uh, stories and theories that have come up from both sides that Christians are are trying to figure out how much do we invest in this. We're interacting with other people that seem really invested in that. We don't know what to do in, in engaging with these. And so, I think this has kind of touched everybody in, yeah. in some ways. So, yeah. So, we're going to just try and talk about what is a conspiracy theory? How should we as Christians think about conspiracy theories and how do we love
1: other people? Yeah. You know? I think you're right. I think in our interactions with, uh, with brothers and sisters in our church over the last year, that uh, conspiracy theories have... Um, funny enough, or maybe it's even ironic, is, is that they've become more mainstream. Yeah, um, <laughs> in in years past, uh, conspiracy theories would be more on the fringe, right? And would be things like you joked about about aliens or about Sasquatch or Y two K. Even um, even though I'm sure around the year two thousand, that was rather serious for some people. Uh, but conspiracy theories uh, have always been around; they're not new. Mm-hmm. But this past year, it seems like there has been a an acceleration. Right of uh, not only the presence of conspiracy theories, but uh, the intensity in which we talk about them and interact with them.
0: And they're not just, you know, this is not just a strange opinion that your weird uncle has. This has really moved. I mean, as we're going to get into, conspiracy theories always affect, they they have a a real impact. They're not just a private matter, but especially lately, there's just been a number of really big headlines in the news that, that, you can reasonably trace back to the spread of conspiracy theory. So, before we move on further than that, Drew, let's just define what is a conspiracy theory.
1: Yeah. So, what I've got here is a conspiracy theory is a belief that some covert uh, but influential powerful organization or individual is responsible for a circumstance or an event. Mm. Uh, To put it another way, a powerful individual or organization is working behind the scenes in the shadows Mm -hmm. uh, conspiring conspiring to control events Mm. or the outcome of events and to oppress so oppression seems to be Mm. a common theme among conspiracy theories so this isn't the definitive authoritative definition but that's that's kind of what i've put together yeah as i've interacted with it yeah and so
0: you know some big components in that um it involves a it's a it's a theory so it's a conception or, or an explanation of yeah. something that involves a group of people, as you said, that has power, has influence somehow, whether that's financial or they're in a position of authority, um, but that they are acting coordinatedly, yeah. intentionally. So they are secretly working together to bring about certain events. And yeah. those events can be worse or or better depending on you know yeah. what you're defining but but the big idea is i think it's
1: intentional mm-hmm. and it's secret and it's a coordinated effort by people with power yeah yeah so it raises questions of what's actually going on who's really in charge mm-hmm. and what is the truth right so it's a search for truth is what is how these are often presented right right um, so i've thought about it like this it's it's could be characterized as an alternative alternate, alternate narrative mm. from the mainstream explanation of events or mm. circumstances so all good narratives have a villain mm. so like you talked about it's a it's a there's somebody behind the scenes uh working and this is a this is a dark sinister character mm. um and there's a hero so movies and tv have taught us this well mm. right there's a dark lord of the sith working mm-hmm, behind mm-hmm. to orchestrate events mm-hmm. and destroy the jedi there's a dark lord who Manipulated all the men and elves and dwarves and gave them a secret ring, but or gave them rings, and Mm -hmm. in the secret, he made that's right, the one ring, right? Yeah, right to rule them all, yeah. Um, and, 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 and then the, it's the people
0: that have the knowledge yeah. of that conspiracy that are actually positioned as the heroes of the
1: story. Yes, yeah. So, the conspiracy theorists see themselves as the hero, and the villain is whomever they deem to be a threat right, uh, to their way of life, to, to what they, they see as the common good. Yeah, and I like the way that you're describing that, is it really, it's more than just... Um,
0: an explanation of things, it does kind of verge on having a whole, it becoming a whole worldview. It becomes a way of a lens of seeing yes. what's really going on, how the world is structured, what the objectives are, what the what the primary conflicts are, and how mm. it's resolved. So it does border on this this, this whole philosophy of life yeah. that people are trying to live according
1: to. Yeah, conspiracy theorists see themselves as truthers, I think mm. they uh, would call themselves. Uh, it's a search for truth. The truth is out there, mm-hmm. and you can hear the X-Files music playing uh, <laughs> behind us. Um, but joking aside, they feel, they feel lied to. Mm. Uh, they feel dissatisfied uh, with the common consensus. And they feel even oppressed. You brought up that word. They feel yeah. somehow that
0: forces are aligned against me, and we're trying to interpret why that is. So, Drew, you, you bring up the concept of truth, and I think that leads into sort of our next question is, why are we— so prone to conspiracy theories, we being Humans, people in general. Yeah. Why, why, do we, uh, why, why do we invest in these narratives that give us a alternate
1: understanding of truth? Yeah, so like we said, it's, it's a search for truth. So people have been, they feel like they've been lied to. Um, I think at the root of a lot of these, it comes down to a distrust or a lack of trust, a loss mm. of trust in higher institutions, yeah. in institutions like the government media, mm-hmm. or even the church. Or, yeah, right. yeah. And so. to be fair, that's not an unreasonable
0: stance to take. I think right. we, you know, you can trace a correlation between the prevalence of conspiracy theories and the lack of trust in institutions that we should be able to trust. And in our culture right yes. now, I think we can all think of lots of examples where the institutions that we should be able to trust have really failed us. That's right. You yeah, know, those and,
1: those institutions are fallible.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, and and particularly so right now. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of people feel like I can't trust the medical establishment. I right. can't trust m- mainstream media outlets. I can't trust the government, yeah. and so the, you know that quest for something that I can trust in because what they're saying is not truth but I want the truth yeah and so that that forces you to look at, at alternate sources of the truth and that's where you can fall into these
1: um, these strange you know or even dangerous theories yeah it, it's also supported by uh, that that lack of trust or distrust um, then gives way to the death of expertise mm, yeah and then the internet and and Google. Uh, has has fueled that because now all of a sudden we're all experts right. on everything uh, from pandemics to politics to race and religion. Right. Well, and even beyond, beyond that, you know, there's there's kind of a postmodern
0: element to this problem. Absolutely. I think especially that, um, you know, the shift to more of a postmodern philosophy is one that truth is really less dependent on facts and it's more dependent on feelings. It's how I define it. Yeah. How my truth is my truth. And and what's the arbiter in that is, does this feel true to me? Yeah. And so we're especially susceptible to alternate facts yeah. because we've just kind of undermined as a culture, our value in objective fact. Absolute truth. Yeah. Absolute truth. And yeah. so this, this flourishing of conspiracy theories lately, I think you can re- trace to that
1: undermined that, of absolute and truth. And that really depends greatly on our ability to filter facts, data, and then determine what is truth. So I think that in itself has has too high a view of of our ability uh, right. to define truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and we know as, as Christians that truth ultimately lies outside mm. of ourselves. And it is and, an objective fact. And it is objective, it is in God's word, right. and it is embodied in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And He is the light, He is the truth. And that's a really important point when we're
0: thinking about that that when we become the thing that decides what is true, and especially when that can be based off of our feelings, even when we're claiming that we're basing it in facts, um, what we're what we're doing in that is we are filtering this information that we're receiving. and and we do this um, unintentionally, so often, is that we filter facts to make them make more sense to us. Yeah. So everything we kind of reduce to a narrative. It's the same way that yeah. when you look at clouds, you see different animals because mm-hmm. our brain is just designed to look at, oh, that looks like a face. This looks like a duck. You know, Our, our brains want to make order out of chaos. Yeah. And we're being bombarded with all of this these facts about how chaotic and complex and, and even bad The world is that there's a lot of suffering that we experience and what our brains are wanting to do is interpret all of those facts
1: in a way that makes it into a consistent narrative. Right. Or we have a pre-existing narrative that then we force facts and data to fit into and align with. And then if it doesn't align with that, then it must be wrong. It must be false. Right. And that desire
0: to make everything that's complex into this kind of simple worldview narrative that just really, I think, that comes from a place of... Wanting to make ourselves feel
1: safe? Yeah. A big part of this is a desire to be in the know. Mm. A desire to... Um to have that secret knowledge mm. it's like a neo-gnosticism mm, yeah. of, of having this higher knowledge yeah. this this that not everybody's in on yeah that's right yeah so let me tell you right let me tell you how it really is so let me connect the dots pride for you. in that and that yeah. i'm the enlightened yes. one which is yeah. the problem that Gnosticism it makes had, us yeah. feel important right and it makes us feel in control of our reality mm, yeah and at the end of the day we have to understand that we are not in control, right?
0: and we are not omniscient. But you can understand that desire, right? Especially if you're looking, Absolutely. you know, look at the last year. The world feels so dangerous. It feels yeah. so chaotic, and our, our the way that we respond to that is we want to take control. We want to feel like I have something to respond against, that I actually understand why this is so chaotic, and mm-hmm. I know the steps that need to be taken in order to combat this chaos. When That's right. The truth is, the truth, truth, is that the world is fallen.
1: <laughs> the truth, truth, I like that. the capital T truth. That's right. That, yeah. that that
0: the world is fallen, and bad things happen, and and they don't have, they don't always have at their root a a coordinated human
1: cause for for suffering. Sometimes right. we just exist in suffering. Yeah, and if I could back up a little bit and just discuss the nature of conspiracy theories. Um, and what makes them so problematic for me mm. is that they are non-falsifiable, right. meaning you can't disprove their claims. And maybe somebody that, you know, you've got a friend or a family member that's
0: really into a certain conspiracy theory, you know that frustration. Like you've tried to go down the rabbit yeah. hole with them. Yeah. And it seems like everything that you've found that disproves that actually gets twisted to prove to yeah.
1: further prove it, yeah, yeah, they say things like you can't prove it's not true, right? And as Christians, we need to reject that logical fallacy. Right, That's yeah. not how we base um, our decision making on what is true and what is right, right? And and we should be thinking on whatsoever is true. And we have biblical categories for truth seeking. Mm-hmm. We know how to find what is true and to test it and to discern according to God's word and His res- uh, revelation, but also just due process. Evidence, witnesses—these mm. are all biblical, right. uh, biblical concepts yeah. and categories that we need to we need to not be so quick to to throw away um, because we have a certain suspicion, right?
0: But you know, and this this goes into our next question that as Christians we do have categories for there being forces at work behind the scene, and so I think this makes us a bit more susceptible to conspiracy theories That's as right. Christians. So, That's unpack right. that a little bit. Why why does it seem like so
1: many Christians are falling for certain conspiracy right. theories? Right. Well, first off, uh, conspiracy theories are nothing new. The first conspiracy theory was in the garden. And mm. the first conspirator was the serpent. That's good. When he said that God, the authority, mm. is lying to you. Mm. He's holding out on you. He's oppressing you. And the tree that he's told them not to eat of... That's how you know truth. Mm. So Satan basically said, "Let me let me connect the dots for you here. Let mm. me tell you how to have uh, how to be a truther
0: yeah. right now. Yeah, right. And
1: that's to eat this of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. And you
0: can even see in that a good thing, of, uh, uh, something about the nature of conspiracy theories is there is a kernel of truth in that." And that first lie, you know, it's it's only lies that have the stink of truth on them that are believable, you know, and so every conspiracy theory after that, I'm sure you can
1: point to certain things that are true in them, even if the implications are not. What they seem—that's right. Yeah, most most conspiracy theories have an element of truth. Um, and so, f- further on for for Christians, like you mentioned, Ephesians six, we know that we are not struggling against flesh and blood, right. but against powers and principalities. Right. There is a war going on behind right. the scenes, and they do exert influence on human That's institutions right. and That's individuals. Right. And we need to not be ignorant of Satan's uh, work. And his and his devices, and we need to resist him, and he will flee all those things are true um, so that makes us think um, man is this is this one of those things mm-hmm. is this Satan working um, uh, behind the scenes yeah we know um, that Christians can sometimes have a persecution complex
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, Christians are persecuted yeah. um, some of the early early conspiracy theories were in Rome, when Caesar blamed the Christians for burning down Rome, right? So they were the they were the subjects of conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. and then that that brought about huge persecution. And as Christians in America, uh, unfortunately, we can we can have a persecution complex that says that anything that inconveniences us, right. or that even smells like this is against uh, God's people or or the church, uh, that it's that it's persecution. So we can be a little too quick to jump on the persecution uh, bandwagon or play that card. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, with that, I think there's
0: a difference between what may be bias or what may be somebody's interest against Christians, for Mm -hmm. example. You know, you said, because I think a lot of Christians would be listening to this and saying, I do feel like things are working against me. No, we're not saying that
1: persecution doesn't exist in America and that, and that oppression can't exist, or that there are certain policies that that um, would be against the church that right. we should try to fight and, against. And, and that's coming yeah.
0: out of someone's godlessness, out of their anti-Christian bias. But there's a difference between bias and how we define a conspiracy theory, which is a coordinated, secret effort to inflict right. harm or to right. sway the course of events. Which, right. which is. Uh, yeah so so we're gonna feel persecution we're gonna feel bias right. um, even in the media we will feel bias even in certain political yep. discussions there will be a kind of bias but that's not what we're
1: talking about yeah I'm holding a coffee cup in my hand so when I go to Starbucks around Christmas time and the coffee cup says happy holidays on mm-hmm. it or the the barista says happy holidays and not Merry Christmas right that's not a that's not persecution that wasn't
0: the well and that's not a conspiracy right that wasn't the you know at least. Yeah, some
1: might say that. Yeah, that you know, that, big coffee. So, if were is that a conspiracy, right? That would against be Christians.
0: That would be the heads of that company saying, "What can we do to actively suppress the to Christian message? Christians. We're going to change our cups." Yeah, and instead, there's you know just a cultural instinct or bias against. favoring one religion over another
1: and holidays is actually derived from holy day there you go yeah (laughs) so we're really the ones that are conspiring against them let's move move on (laughs) Uh, another another aspect for for why christians could be prone to it is that we know that governments and kings and nations can be beastly Mm -hmm. like roman or Mm -hmm. revelation 19 talks about and in psalm 2 they can they can plot conspire together, yeah, to conspire together against, against the, Lord the Lord and his, Lord anointed. his anointed. Uh, so we know that there's, there's a category for these kinds of things. So we, we just, we need godly wisdom. We need wisdom from above and we need to be discerning yeah. about these things and be careful. And that's where, cause we can be overly, uh,
0: excitable. You know, I think there's been a long culture in evangelicalism, especially over the last 50 years or so of, um, trying to interpret Cultural events and political events through almost like a prophetic lens, yeah. and to say, you know, I see this in this prophetic text, and then I see this happening in the newspaper, yeah. and and so we're kind of we've I, I think we've uh, gotten ourselves a little bit too worked up about the things that are happening, yeah. um, and and paying attention to these minor details with major significance instead of seeing what we're talking about is that that satanic influence and even working in state governments and things, that's gonna work on I think a broader sweep. You know, that's gonna work um in a in a more obvious way. It should be like Jesus says, you know, as one as a bolt of lightning stretches across the sky, we'll be able to understand these things as they're happening. We'll we'll be able to recognize them. So it doesn't take this secret knowledge to interpret these events for, for the anti Christian bias yeah, that arise. Right.
1: Yeah, without going into a hermeneutic of how to read apocalyptic apocalyptic literature and revelation. Uh, we just need to be careful right. about overlaying current events with our apocalyptic calendars right. and charts. And that's the thing, is that
0: a lot of these conspiracy theories that have taken hold in the last few years are kind of doing that, right? Like they're taking apocalyptic literature and and sort of merging what sounds like evangelical language into yeah. these strange theories that they have. Yeah. And so I think Christians that don't have a better hermeneutic don't have a better sense of how do we read the Bible in light of cultural events. They're just seeing somebody say something crazy and then attach a Bible verse to it and think, that must be true because I believe the Bible.
1: Anecdotally, this past week, had a sweet old lady call the church office. Doesn't go to our church, doesn't go to any church as far as I could tell, but she was scared. Um, and she was asking me my opinion as a pastor on whether or not she should take the COVID vaccine. Mm. Because she had seen something on Facebook mm-hmm. that talked about the vaccine being the mark of the beast, right? Yeah. So these kinds of things have consequences, right? And we, we just we have to be careful. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah. And to, just because somebody to put a, a on it, verse no, on it. I do not think that the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast. <laughs> right. So in case anyone's wondering that's <laughs> yeah. listening, and that's what I told this old uh, this sweet old lady, and I told her to talk to her doctor and to and to trust the Lord. In, in that decision whether right. she takes the vaccine or not. Right. But the point was that she was afraid and it was because of something she had read on social media. Because somebody said it came with a Bible verse. Yeah. And she she didn't know. So I think
0: that's that's something too, as Christians, we need to And if that makes me a sheeple, so be it <laughs> As Christians we need to I don't think you're a sheeple. As Christians we need to we need to know the again the, the true truth we need to know god's word so that when we see people misusing it in a in a strange way yeah. that we know man that's not what that's saying that's not what that's about you know yeah. and um and god's word is not confusing god's word is not unclear it, it is i mean there are parts about god's word that are confusing but it's there's other parts of it that are super clear and so we we can know what is true from the bible and we need to be experts in that truth that's right. and then apply it
1: to to other truths. Yeah, and an exhortation would be that Christians should be quick to be suspicious of our biases Mm. uh, on these secondary third uh, order issues. And by that Um, you mean we could be wrong. That's right. We could be wrong. That's right. Um, Just because you've become really
0: convinced of something, that doesn't mean that you have perfect knowledge. That's right.
1: Yeah, not omniscient. And we need to be slow to speak. So quick to be suspicious, but slow to speak about these about these things whether we agree with them or not mm-hmm. we need to search these things and search the lord um, and in all things we should work for the building up of the body so in all things we we do to edify uh the body and not tear down one another in our minds mm-hmm. or on social media um, social media is is still um speech yeah it is yeah. still um yeah it is
0: still yeah it, it, it can be helpful to connect this topic with the topic of the conscience, which I think we talked about in a podcast recently, yeah. Yeah. Um, that that you know what what you and I are, are not trying to say is that there's not sometimes fishy stuff that happens, right? I think if Absolutely. you I think if you really pressed us on certain things, uh, there might be some stuff we would be like, yeah, that yeah. that seems a little bit more plausible than oh, yeah. something else, you know, um, but. The point is that if you've become really convinced of something, you still need to treat that as a matter of conscience. So so you, one, just like what Paul says in in the book of Romans, that you need to be really persuaded that you hold in this position is to the glory of God, yeah. right? And one of the ways that you know that is, is it's still leading you to love your brother. And serve others, yeah. So if you've got a brother or sister that disagrees with you and your conviction on that, can you still love them and say, okay. You know, instead of making your holding to this conspiracy theory a mark of orthodoxy, you know, that if somebody disagrees with you on this theory, they're, they're maybe not Christian or they may be part of the the machine that is actually the problem here, you know, that is way too far. That's not that's treating fine. each other charitably.
1: That's not treating one another with, with a brotherly affection. Yeah, the church should not be divided over these things. Um, Titus 3 speaks to this, and I'll, I'll just read the first uh, few verses of Titus 3 because I just think it is so timely and appropriate for mm. this and just, just about everything we're going through right mm. now as a country. So, uh, Titus 3 says, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities. And he's writing this to christians uh in the first century under the roman empire under an yeah an oppressive Mm -hmm. empire to be obedient to be ready for every good work to speak evil of no one i mean goodness Uh, to avoid quarreling to be gentle to show perfect courtesy toward all people for we ourselves were once foolish we need to remember this christian disobedient led astray slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another." But he anchors it all right here. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our savior appeared, he Mm. saved us. Mm. Not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our savior so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. But here's, here's kind of gets to the crux of, of our matter today. But avoid foolish controversies, right. genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless mm. as for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice have nothing more to do with him knowing that such a person is warped and sinful he is self condemned mm. so yeah. that's that's a word for me that's something I've been meditating on a lot this past year and and I just I pray it often for yeah. for myself and for our church and, it, and it, uh, as I was considering it today it reminded me of a Saint Augustine quote Saint Augustine there you go I'm from Florida. We went to St. Augustine. <laughs> Not Saint Saint. Ag- the St. Augustine. He says, uh, and you spoke uh, to these things a lot, Chase, but he says, in essentials, unity. Mm-hmm. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. Right. So, in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. and In all things, charity. Yeah. Yeah, so Drew, within that
0: spirit, how would you recommend somebody that, maybe doesn't hold to any of these theories, isn't convinced by these things, but they've got somebody that they love who does. And this is the kind of person, maybe like you're saying, they're stirring up some division, they won't let it go, they want to keep on talking about it. How how do we relate to these people, maybe within the church or even outside of the church?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And it's one that's on my heart and on the hearts of many people. And even in our community group, There's there's clear... Uh, concern about man, just how to talk about these kinds of things. Certain family members, neighbors, coworkers are getting swept up in, and you don't, you just don't even know how to talk right. to them about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, like we said, just the nature of some of these things, it's just, it just seems like a dead end. It's a non-starter to mm-hmm. to um, to try to confront any any of these things. Mm-hmm. So, so some just very practical, very. Uh, general advice, I think, on these kinds of things is one: we should talk to them in love. Mm. Uh, we should love one another, and even love our neighbor who we disagree with mm-hmm. uh, strongly and seems to be sucked up in these things. First right. Corinthians thirteen would speak to that. Yeah,
0: and maybe you know, with that, I think it can go a long way to say, and, and with a loving disposition, I'll hear you out to a point. You know, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna treat you with some dignity. Yeah, I'm not gonna just hear you bring up. Crazy thing X and then just shut you down right away. I
1: might yeah. I might try and hear you out and let yeah. them feel heard. Yeah. If we roll our eyes, which I've been uh, prone to do, mm-hmm. if we roll our eyes and and walk away or say, that's nonsense, um, we probably haven't gained a brother or sister. Or we probably haven't gained right. even a hearer with an unbeliever, an unbelieving family member or neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing it in love would be, would be key. Uh, with patience and gentleness, Galatians 5. Uh, just just displaying the fruits of the Spirit mm. uh, toward one another, uh, as basic as that may seem. It's difficult to do when we're talking about these kinds of things because people have strong feelings about them. So just gentleness, patience. Uh, one thing I thought of today is uh, to engage people with a smile when it comes to these things, and because I think that that reflects God's nature, mm. because he sits in the heavens and laughs, <laughs> when the nations rage. Mm. So I think we should just Kind of look uh, look on these things with a smile, Mm -hmm. and 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 just not. We don't want to come across as condescending, or that that they're somehow joking, Um, but but with a smile suggests that uh, that we trust we trust in the Lord more than more than any of this stuff. Right, and that is
0: conveying what you're saying. You know that there we we do believe that there is something in control here. You know we do believe, but we're not trying to. We're not trying to find that in a human institution yeah. or in something that we can fight
1: against. We just want to trust and trust ourselves to God. Yeah, and for Christians specifically, uh, we need to examine what makes us angry. So, mm. ask yourself: when you get really worked up, what are you getting worked up about? Mm. Do you get as worked up about politics as you do uh, this the the remaining sin in your own heart? Right. Do you get worked up about um, uh, politics more than? Um, the persecuted church right. globally. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain things that that deserve our righteous indignation, and we need to be uh, careful because our anger reveals idols. Mm-hmm. What what gets us? What gets our temperature uh, rising? It can reveal what's most important to us. What feels threatened? And so, a word of exhortation on that. I wonder if uh, the root of some of this is a is a mistrust in the sufficiency of Scripture. We, mm-hmm. We've touched on that. Uh, we failed to believe that, that, that it has everything we need for life and godliness. Uh, we've forgotten that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he will reveal everything on the last day. Um, and we say we believe in God's sovereignty, but sometimes we don't act like it. Mm. So, we need to apply that belief mm. to, to these these kinds of things. So, some mysteries belong to the Lord, yeah. and they're meant to be unsolved mysteries until Jesus solves them for us. Mm. Um, and, and for Christians, words matter. Slander is still a sin. Right. Yeah. Even if it's on social media, even if it's against your political opponent, yeah. it is still a sin. So we need to be careful. Um, and and beliefs have consequences. Man, mm-hmm. we've talked about this. If the reports are true, then the Nashville bomber killed himself and blew up a city block because he believed in conspiracy theories. Right. Um, the DC riots, mm-hmm. many many of them, seem to be have been motivated by QAnon. They conspiracy were, theories. They were
0: absolutely convinced that what they were doing was the right
1: response was righteous to something that is clearly not true. Yeah. Yeah. And they and they yeah, and five people have died because of it. And I think even others have have died since then. And so I just
0: think about two Christians that uh maybe you're hearing some of these things. And you know, I even had this experience recently. Um somebody posted a thing on YouTube that was, you know, here is incontrovertible proof that this theory is actually true that we've been Mm. saying. Mm. And it was a YouTube video and and I watched it and Honestly, it was very compelling. Yeah. It was, you know, wow. That's if that's true. I mean, this looks like what's true. Yeah. It took me all of thirty more seconds on Google to prove that that wasn't true. Yeah, you know. And
1: what is that Proverbs eighteen that says one one side <laughs> seems right until the other comes until in the, and the other comes
0: and makes a makes his argument. Yeah. That's right. And so having having a bit of patience before you just don't be quick to judge. Jump into something and and believe it.
1: Yeah. And for all of us, man, the gospel is stronger than right. any of this. This is what we have to come back to for as Christians, that the gospel the gospel is strong enough to reconcile Jew and, and Gentile, Jew and Greek, slave mm-hmm. and free, male yeah. and female, then it is strong enough to reconcile Republican and Democrat, left and right, and sheeple and truthers. Right. Yeah. So and, we, and it and has I, you to know, be what we what we always come back to.
0: Right. And in that the church is a community of truth. And so a lot of times people that get really invested in these theories they're actually kind of out on their own they're isolated and so this is a good reason for all of us to just be really in one another's lives mm. and to be sharing these things that we're yeah. thinking and we're wrestling with and and that can just be a good check you know i'm with 10 other people and i'm the only one that thinks this yeah that doesn't mean that you're the enlightened one that has the truth it it's probably it a good could, sign that you're could wrong you're you know? the one wrong guy uh you know and that yeah. brings up something we wanted to say earlier that um often the simplest explanation is the truth, you know? Yes. If you're presented with two options, one involves a vast secret conspiracy of thousands of people that hasn't leaked out, and the other is just that the world is crazy and people are often incompetent. Go with go with a simpler
1: explanation and yeah. trust in Jesus. That's right. I, I forget who said it, but if you have to choose between malice and, and incompetence, always choose incompetence. <laughs> right. Um yeah. So I think that's I think that's a good rule to follow when it comes to these kinds of things yeah um, yeah brother and, and other scriptures to consider for, for our people um, in Galatians 5 again uh, earlier in Galatians 5 it says for the whole law is fulfilled in one word you shall love your neighbor as yourself hmm. so we should remember that when yep. we're interacting with our our neighbors uh, either on social media or in person uh, Matthew 12. Uh, says on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Hmm. So every careless word, or, or so,
0: put on Facebook,
1: uh, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's a form of speech. So I think, um, yeah, we need to be we need to be careful. Yeah, we need to be full of care uh, when when it comes to how we speak to one another. Um, and then James three, uh, a longer a longer passage that I'd like to read here as well, because as as I've struggled with this and tried to wrap my mind around it, um, yeah, the Lord has just brought me back to these, these passages over and over again. So I encourage you with this. James 3 says, How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire. Mm-hmm. A world of unrighteousness. Uh, the tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind but no human no human being can tame the tongue it is a restless evil full of deadly poison with it we bless our lord and father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of god from the same mouth come blessings and cursings my brothers these things ought not to be so Mm. does a spring pour forth From the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Who, uh, by his good conduct, let him show his works in meekness of wisdom? But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. who make peace. Hmm. Yeah, brothers, let us be reasonable people. Mm -hmm. We're called to be sober-minded, careful thinkers, and let us do it, especially when it's so controversial and it threatens uh, to divide. It threatens the unity of the body.
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. May God uh, bless our church with tongues like that. Amen. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. If you have comments about what we've talked about today, questions, or if you've got suggestions for other podcast topics for the coming weeks, please email us, info at dscabq.com. Lord willing, we'll have another episode for you next week. Until then, on behalf of Drew Hodge, I'm Chase Jacobs. Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper. Welcome back to the
1: Desert Springs Church Podcast. (laughs) Let's start start again. If you know, you know. Uh, Greek vocab. That's what we do here on the podcast. We make you think. like Prometheus. Yeah.
0: Yeah. uh, You know.
1: This is good coffee. Do you think they need Jesus? Absolutely. You're a free basket. (laughs) I don't even know what I'm going to say. I'm just going to... Let's just start talking. Improvisation. That's the whole kit and caboodle.